Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. I don't even want to make this a long intro because tonight I am very happy to announce that the special guest is none other than Gray Sorensen of the band Charlatan. Their first full-length album, Remarkable, came out earlier this year in April, and if you haven't heard it yet, you really have to. We talk about it a lot in this conversation, as well as a ton of other tangents, which I think you're really going to enjoy as well. So I don't want to hold you back from that. I just know you're really going to like it. So I chose music from the actual conversation, songs that we specifically talked about, which is pretty cool. So let's start out tonight with Severe County Killer from the album Remarkable, and you'll understand later on why I'm playing this song. So I will see you after the conversation with Gray. Enjoy.
All right, everyone, welcome back. I am very excited because today my special guest is Gray Sorensen of the band Charlatan. Gray, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Very, very good. Right away, let's just start off and say, I think your name is awesome. Hey, thanks, man. I do too. <laughs> it sounds like you should walk out of a fantasy novel. Yeah, I, uh, I hated it as a kid, but I enjoy it now. I, it's kind of, to me, it's an ironic name for the way I try to live my life. Right, the whole gray thing compared to you know living life to the fullest and being happy all the time, that kind of thing? Yeah, I like to think of myself as a colorful guy. <laughs> After listening to your music, I would say the same. Yeah, good. <laughs> no, for sure. Now, let me ask you, because, you know, it's now end of May. We're going into June. Remarkable came out at the beginning of April this year. It seems so far away, but are you still kind of riding high from that release? Oh, uh, man, I just, uh, I, I try to be as high as I can be, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I'm always looking 12 steps ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I was really almost kind of done with the album as we released it. Not saying that it's not something I'm not proud of or anything like that, because mm -hmm. that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, it's just, I have so much going on in my mind of things that I want to do that it's just never enough, you know? No, I can see that. And from everything that you've been doing, that's certainly understandable. So what are you thinking about as next steps? Is this new music? Is it new ventures? Like, what are you thinking about right now? Um, well, definitely new music. It's mm -hmm. always new music, you that's, know, that's constantly on my mind. But I, we really, we need to get out on the road more. Mm -hmm. So I'm, we're, we're trying to focus on that. Me personally, um, I've started trying to write a book. <laughs> oh, very nice. Okay. But I mean, I don't know if I'll ever do anything with it. Same <laughs> as my music. I'll just do it for me. And then if I think that it's good, I'll put it out there. Do you have tons of music that you've made that you've created, like a whole book where you're just never going to see the light of day with that? No, actually quite the opposite. Oh, okay. We kind of just go song by song mm -hmm. a lot of the times. But I mean, I'm constantly working on writing and ideas. So I just I have a bunch of ideas that are waiting for the music. I see. Just finding the right song for it, you know? Well, let's go back to that book for a second. Can you tell okay. us anything that it might be about? Yeah. Um, it's actually trying, or it's, what I want to do with it is explain what changes I am going through in my philosophy from Remarkable to the one for the next album, which okay. is obviously way down the line, but it's just, that's where I'm thinking right now, you know, on the surface, I go Remarkable, 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 <laughs> and then deep inside, I'm thinking about the future. Well, so are you thinking of some big change then because from the ep nothing to gain to remarkable there was a slight change for sure but was that more in your feeling or how you actually recorded or was there something completely different that you're looking for in the future as well so with the change from uh, nothing to gain to remarkable um nothing to gain was just that was trying to just get all of the the jitters out you mm -hmm. know I, I stand by everything that was said on that but uh it was just, it was new, you know, it was the first time we actually took this really seriously. Right. Because um, Ethan and I, we've been playing since I was 15. So, but it was the first time we actually said, hey, let's be real. Let's really try and do this and let's do it for us. Um, remarkable was just kind of, let's just have the most fun that we can. And I think by the time we record the next one, 
the philosophy will change. I don't know if it'll change much more sonically than just kind of where we naturally go, you know? Okay. But uh, there's definitely going to be uh, a different voice on it, not necessarily um, timbre or anything like that or the way I use my voice, but Mm -hmm. just the things that I'm going to say. Interesting. So that book that you are writing or might actually put out there, that's more of a personal, like almost like a personal journey thing compared to like a fantasy novel or a fiction novel. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be a fiction very loosely based on my life. Okay. It's definitely going to be fiction, but it's going to be loosely based on experiences that I've had or experiences that I dreamed that I had. I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm still working it out. I mean, I'm only like 15, 20 pages into it, and they're probably all trash so far, but <laughs> it's interesting. No, it definitely is. So what made you want to do that in the first place? So I really actually only started reading for leisure, like about, well, I started, oh, it was <laughs> Valentine's Day in 2016 is when I actually started setting goals for reading. Okay. Um, right. Before then, I had read a handful of books. Um, and then on Valentine's Day, I tried to challenge myself to do a book a week, to read a book a week. And uh, as I did that, that actually super inspired um, Remarkable. Okay. And so now that we got Remarkable out there, I was like, hell, why not just try and write a motherfucker, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so how did that... There's going to be a lot of questions that come out of this. But so what was the event on Valentine's Day that made you set that goal in the first place? And then a book a week can be very tough with someone who has touring and writing music and everything like you do. Your schedule's got to be pretty tight. How do you work that in? All right. Yeah. So for why I started on Valentine's Day is I'm a shitty boyfriend. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like, I've been with my girlfriend for coming on eight years. Oh, very nice. And so this is like the eighth year in a row that I didn't have anything for for Valentine's Day. (laughs) And, uh, so I went to go, uh, she had started reading some series. I don't even remember what it's called, but, uh, I was going to go and try to try and find the next book there. And as I got to Barnes and Noble, I was like, Oh, I forgot what book it was. So I found (laughs) a book that I wanted to read. (laughs) Oh, okay. And, uh, I bought myself one and I was like, well, if I'm going to be this shitty of a boyfriend, I might as well like, do something with my life. So I challenged myself to read a book a week and I only made it for 43 books last year, but that was way more than I've ever read ever. So, I mean, 43 out of 52 is damn good for something like that. Like people normally drop off of that thing by like the 15th book. Yeah. I was, I was really surprised. And there was, I think I would have got 52 if it wasn't, I read a couple of super long books, but there was also some short ones like, of Mice and Men, you know, oh. I read that in a couple hours, or Catcher in the Rye, read that right. super quick, you know. Yeah, those album notes, it doesn't take that long to get through them, I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, did doing that make you less shitty of a boyfriend? Um, I believe so. <laughs> Very nice. Did, I you really guys, do. did you guys end up reading the same books or doing anything like that where you would sit down and talk about what you read later on? Yeah, some of them. Um, so... She decided when she wanted to really get into reading that she wanted to read uh, Harry Potter. Oh, sure. And I had read them before, 
So I read, I reread them. And then as she was going through them, she would talk to me about those. And I finally got her to, um, she's about three quarters of the way through the Hobbit right now. Oh, very nice. And to me, that's a super important book. Yes. So it's nice when we meet, uh, in the fantasy world of books. Were you able to make it through that actual movie? Uh, it was hard, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> I, I actually, I read the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy too. Mm-hmm. And watching those movies, I was like, fuck, I thought these were great. And they're <laughs> actually dog shit. They, <laughs> they ruined all of my favorite parts or else they left them out. Yes, right. Yeah, Like my- in The Hobbit when they're going through and... Uh, uh, Gandalf is trying to get all of the dwarves to that one cabin and he does it so methodically oh, and sure. you know just like conversation after conversation and it's just in these like little 30 minute increments it's just it's so well written I think if everybody could read The Hobbit they might think before they speak I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree that's something that my dad started me on like when I was very very young for him you know, just when you were mentioning Lord of the Rings, he still gets pissed off that they left off Tom Bombadil in the movies. Yeah, yeah. I was pissed off too. Yep. <laughs> I think and that the, gets all of us nerds really, really pissed off. Right. And the timeline. The timeline is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. You know, I think, what was it? It's been now like three years since I read The Hobbit, but it took him like three years to actually leave the Shire or something like that. Yeah. You know, and it, in the movie, it's like a week. Yeah. He's like, that, I, I guess I'm out of here. Yeah. And then it took hours and hours for everyone to sit through it. You're like, you could just read the book and it would do a lot more for you. Right. Right. I did learn what to do when it comes to um, making a movie adaptation of a book. I just look at it as, okay, this is the same story, but from your friend's perspective. Now it's no longer, you know, like your version of the events. It's how your friend would tell it at a party. And so once I've started doing that, it helped. <laughs> it makes you feel a little bit better about it. Right. And I was going to save this for the end, but it kind of works with what we're talking about here. When we first started talking via email, we started talking about the Dark Tower. So yeah. let's go into that right now because it just, you know, it works for what we're doing. Are you extremely worried? Now, have you read every single book? Yes, I have. Okay. So you know everything there is to know. I'm very, very worried about the movie itself. Are you also worried? Uh, well, I heard some rumors yep. about what it's going to be like. And, okay, so I don't know if anybody has read it. If so, I'll try and not spoil anything. And I will do the same. But um, in the drawing of the three, you know, when Susan gets introduced and she's this black chick and she's talking to the gunslinger, uh, yeah, to the gunslinger, now that we started talking, Roland. Yeah, Roland. Sorry. Um, you know, who's supposed to be this like Clint Eastwood type character. Right. And she's always calling him a honky and a cracker. And, right. <laughs> and then I saw the, or I saw who was cast for Roland and I was like, he's black. Right. You know, and I, I'm not, I have nothing against it, but I was like, this, uh, this takes away a one book out of the whole movie, you know? Yeah. It's a big part of that book. And I guess, Maybe they'll try and do it another way. Like, I'm assuming that the racism that happens through a lot of the books is going to now be centered on Roland instead of Susan or Susanna. Right. Technically, right. yeah. Detta and Susanna. Um, yeah. That's Sorry. what I'm guessing. No, it's you're totally fine. But here's the rumor I heard mm-hmm. is that 
Okay, so <laughs> this is going to be hard not to spoil it. <laughs> I would say that this is a retelling. Right, exactly. And with a bunch of winks and a bunch of nods, and <laughs> we hug it out and slap hands. <laughs> yes, I think what they've said, do you remember the uh, Star Trek movie, the new one? I didn't watch it. Yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't that great. But in that movie, they do a similar thing where they basically say, because this happened in this movie, that changes the entire Star Trek timeline. So now they can basically do whatever storyline they want from the series and then change anything that they want. And that's what it looks like they've done with the Dark Tower. What I'm really worried about is not necessarily that, yes, this is kind of a sequel or a retelling in a way. I don't like that the trailer makes it look like this is an action movie now. Mm. That's the yeah, killer Yeah, because for me. there's a lot of philosophy in there, huh? There's absolutely. That whole first book, I can understand why that might not be the best one to start with. Because The Dark Tower, I mean, the first one is a little mm-hmm. tougher to go through. It really is. Yeah, when I was reading The Gunslinger, I was like, wow, this is really cool. But how are they going to continue with this, you know? Right. Like, and... Stephen King just amazes me. So I don't know. I, he did it super well. And who knows? Maybe if they don't just try and put all seven or eight books in one movie, right. it'll turn out great. You know, but that's that's the other thing. Did you read like uh, the wind through the keyhole? Yes, I did. Or um, see what I also did is I read Jerusalem's lot. Oh, before sure. Wolves of the Kala. Yep. And then I read. uh Hearts in Atlantis before um, before the Dark Tower also. You went hardcore. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I went way hardcore. The only one I couldn't do was Insomnia, oh. and that's because, and maybe there's more, but when I tried to read Insomnia, I, I wake up like two, three hours early so I can read before I go to work. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, so I would read Insomnia, and he's talking about how he's so tired. And I just wanted to fall asleep through it because I was like, fuck, I'm tired too, man. Right. (laughs) And you know that it's the joke. It's like, I tried to get through that book too. And I fell asleep. Like I don't have any connection to that old guy in the story. Like I just can't connect to what they're talking about. So I'm with you. I never made it through that book. Yeah. I, I tried. Uh, damn, I tried. Yeah. No, I love Stephen King. I love what he's doing. I don't love his adaptations in the movies. And that's what I'm worried about. I mean, come on. In the trailer, they show a showdown between the man in black and Roland, and that doesn't happen for forever. You know what I mean? Like, why are they doing, why are they having a shootout versus magic fight in the first movie? Well, another thing I heard is that maybe they're doing a movie and then, like, they're doing TV adaptations in between movies or something like that. I heard about that as well, but I didn't know. I don't know know what the truth of any of that is. Same here. But, but, I would say this about Stephen King when mm-hmm. it comes to his movie adaptations. I don't know if you... I just barely read It, like... Oh, so good. Uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. And there's a part in the book where he's talking about... See, now I can't even get any of the names right. I think it's uh, Bill. Yeah, Where Bill. he's the writer in that. Yep, exactly. And, he, and his wife's trying to tell him, you know, just sell him the rights and then don't worry about the movie because then right. if the movie sucks, then... You know, it's on your head, too. But if you just sell it, then, you know, whatever they do with it, it's their perversion, you know? Right. And so I would kind of almost even say that that's a little bit what he does. I think that he knows that his line of work is in the written word, and that's all that really matters. 
That is probably true, and that's a good way to look at it. But by the way, it is probably my favorite all-time horror book for sure. Dude, I've never been scared ever in my <laughs> life reading a book. And I one night I was drunk out on my back porch, and I, it's like two in the morning. Yeah, and I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm checking for <laughs> checking the shadows. I was freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah, no, that book is so fucking amazing. There are so many amazing passages. The ending itself is crazy, not only because it can be considered a good ending, it can be considered a bad ending, you know, depending on how much you love the characters. There's a lot that goes right. into that, and I don't want to spoil that for anyone either, but they should definitely be reading that. I'm not too sure, once again, about the new movie adaptation. You know, the old one was very campy, but as you know from reading the book, there are certain scenes that they'll never be able to show <laughs> in a movie. Yeah, two works. Child yeah. orgy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to happen. But I thought that was interesting. Before we move on a little bit, because I'm sure we could talk for a really long time on this. Yeah, and I'm sure your listeners are bored as fuck. No, believe me, they love this shit. My whole goal is to spread good music and Stephen King. So it works perfectly yeah. <laughs> for me. This is great. Now, have you ever read The Long Walk? The Long? No, I haven't. All right. I will recommend that to you if you do have time, if you're still doing your book a week thing. Try and read that. It's very easy, not comprehension-wise, but it's like shorter than a normal Stephen King. And it was written back when he was going by Bachman. Oh, okay. And it is my favorite all-time book. All right, cool. It's amazingly good. The Long Walk. The Long Walk, I'll check that one out. Very Um, character-driven. Like, it was before The Running Man. It was before all of those movies. It's about 100 boys the age of, like, I think it's 15 to 18, something like that. And every year they do a walk where these boys, in order to get this ultimate, quote unquote, ultimate prize at the end, they walk and they can't go below four miles per hour. Below four miles per hour, you get three warnings. On a third warning, they kill you. Oh, wow. Until there's only one left. So it's just all character development and it's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. I'd love to read that. Really? Actually, just a couple hours ago, I just bought the Green Mile. Oh, very and nice. I'm currently reading The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, very The cool. Last of the Mohicans is super fucking boring, so it <laughs> might take me more than a week. Actually, right. if I don't read it by tonight, it'll have taken me more than a week. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so I got to get through that, then the Green Mile, and then it sounds like the long walk is next on my list. That would be awesome, man, because I would love to talk to you about that for sure. So, man, you're, yeah. doing, you're doing classics, you're doing fantasy, you're all over the place with these books. Yeah, I try to. I even, yeah, I mean... The the only thing I really haven't gotten into is like um, biographies and uh, there's a couple history books I want to read, mm-hmm. but other than that, I've I've kind of just tried to stay in fantasy land just because I don't know it just it helps my mind when it comes to writing and okay. it, it and creativity I don't know. Well, I guess just to turn it back because like I said, we could talk forever about this, but to turn it back to music in general, and you said this helped you with remarkable is it because of the storytelling itself that you're able to put yourself in these type of worlds where you're throwing out lyrics there that might not make sense to the normal person listening but if they knew what you were thinking it would kind of all come together right i I like to think of a lot of my lyrics as basically an inside joke right Um, without the jokiness i know that's one thing that I think was lost on people is a lot of people think it's kind of like a, a jokey album, which it definitely can be uh, interpreted that way. And so I don't blame anybody for thinking that, but it's, it's not all fun and games right. to me. 
Um, it was actually said best by my friend Quinn. Uh, it's satirical honesty is what it there is. There you go. Okay. And with the books helping me, um, or with reading helping me, it's the one thing that it's showed me is that there are many different ways to tell a story. And so there's, there's a lot of times where I'm, I'm dipping from inspiration from this author or this author or this movie or this person or this friend or this person I met on the street. Mm -hmm. And it's, and that can all be in one verse, you know? Right. So, uh, Oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to hurry, kind of backtrack just a little bit. When I was reading it, mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that the story I was trying to tell with Severe County Killer yeah. is actually just it. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's all I was <laughs> trying to do is talk about this, this, certain, this certain thing that keeps you and makes you need to go back and, uh, you know, will be the end of you in yeah. some way, shape, or form. And I was reading it and I was like, holy fuck, why did I even write that song? It's already in a book. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing what Ice Nine Kills just did when they did those songs, you know, dedicated to books and they just had, you know, the track that was about The Shining. See, I, I've ne I was never really a big Ice Nine Kills fan. My guitar player is. Super big into them, but I, I couldn't say that I know what you're talking about. Oh, no, no. That's that's completely fine. They did a whole album that they dedicated each song to a novel that they loved, and one of them they did carry, and then they oh, just, wow. yeah, they recently just put out one based on The Shining, so that's just what clicked in my head a little bit, but your music is completely different from that. Well, isn't, if I'm not mistaken, isn't their name, doesn't that come from like Rose Red or... Doesn't it come from a Stephen King novel? I should know this, but I forget if it's actually Stephen King. It's from a book where Ice Nine is a poison, but mm. it comes from when someone says Ice Nine kills yeah. because that's what they're saying. But I'm not sure if that's Stephen King or not. Uh, yeah, see, I don't know. That's just a little bit of trivia that I'm probably fucking wrong about. Well, so. no, I'm sure people are going to yell at me for not knowing. Yeah. So that's the fine part there. Yeah, yell at him, not me. Yep, that's the way it goes. But that is really interesting to hear that because to me that brings a whole nother way you can look at your music. Yeah, I I would like to think so. You know, um, we've we've talked about this uh, amongst each other in the band mm -hmm. that you know we don't have like a message per se. I actually think the reason we started writing good music was because <laughs> we stopped writing it for other people, right? And just started writing for our own sake, for our own enjoyment, just wanted to write the songs that we aren't hearing. And um, so if I was to say that there is any kind of message, it might just be read a book. <laughs> hey, there you go. That is a great message to have. And, well, I take that back too. The <laughs> other part, the, the main part is do everything in life for you and for you alone. Uh, that's a good message as well. I can't put that down either. Yeah. I don't even think I said this when we reviewed the album Remarkable in the first place on the weekly show, but I was thinking about it more, and this is an album that has stuck with me where I constantly play it, and it's still... Oh, you know, that's great. Oh, Thanks, yeah, man. and for sure, this is on my top list of 2017. I know that doesn't matter. It's not an AP award or anything, but in my opinion, hey, this is... Matters to me. Yeah, it's a fucking great album, man, so I know I've told Thank you that you. before, and you heard it in the review, but I almost hear sometimes... Maybe not exactly lyrical wise and everything, but I see you a lot as like 
a combination of a every time I die system of a down with from first to last. Do you see any of that in yourself? Well, I would say that um, I do love every time I die. Mm-hmm. System of a down is my all time favorite band. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, from first to last, I never got into them. Okay. So I would say one part or one and a half parts. <laughs> totally. Okay. Obviously, you're a very, very unique band, so it's not really kind of fair even to make the comparisons between people, but do you ever have people come up to you and say, oh, I found out about you because of this, and you kind of sound like that? Huh. It's it's weird because we get a lot of different ones. I mean, depending on the song, too, right? right. Because I think that we kind of try and keep... Every song has its own theme. Mm-hmm. So you could listen to Severe County Killer and say that, you know, we're like, we could be like rockabilly or uh, like for that song, we've heard um, like, say, Jack White or Tom Waits, which two (laughs) super inspirational people when we were making that album. Oh, that's great. You know, or you could listen to uh, Ray Gun and you could say, or we've heard The Used or Refused or, you know, mixed with some kind of weird bullshit. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I I try not to compare myself to really anything because I think it's too easy to. <laughs> yeah. No, very true. And what is I just heard this actually on the Joe Rogan podcast, so don't think that I know more than I do. <laughs> but uh it was a Theodore Roosevelt quote that said comparison is the thief of joy or something like that. You oh, know? interesting. Okay. Now you're sure you didn't make that up. That is from Joe yeah, Rogan's yeah. podcast. Okay. Well, I didn't even know that if it wasn't for somebody else telling me. But that's kind of what knowledge is, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to learn from somewhere, right? Right. That's great. And I think you're absolutely right. It's not that you have to compare yourself to anyone else. It's just, I think, with your band being so unique, sometimes that's a way to get people to listen, is to kind of almost dumb it down into a comparison. Because, like you said, every track on that album is so different from the next it's really a great blend for anyone, especially who gets bored with the same old, same old. This album would never be considered boring. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I would say this too, though, that uh, one of my mantras while writing this album was um, everything creative is stolen. Okay. And so there's, there's a lot in there that like, uh, so like for the, the album title track, Mm-hmm. Uh, remarkable uh it started off with there's that it's like the most famous hip or famously stolen hip-hop drum beat and it's like uh the something break i forget what it's called but i was like well i want to steal that and i want to put that throughout the song you know sure. what i mean right um just because that's kind of what that song was about to me in a way too was how all of this is due to something else. It's just how much do you care to profit off of it? You know, whether it's your own personal self-evaluation or whether it's money (laughs) or, you know, it's kind of this, I don't want to lie to myself about what I'm doing. If that makes sense. And we can delve into that a little more. Yeah. If you want. I think that's what I was going, I was definitely going to go into. I also want to mention that, at the end of that track, too, you end with a, if you're happy and you know it, at the end as well, which obviously yeah. you put your own twist on. 
but I'm assuming that that has to do with how you feel about the album as well. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, if you're happy and you know it, then you're bad. Right. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So with the whole trying not to lie to myself thing is, you know, to me, <laughs> whether you think it or not, everybody's trying to be the Beatles. Everybody's <laughs> trying to be Zeppelin or something, you know? Sure. Everybody is selfish and they don't want to admit it. Um, I'm trying to do both those things simultaneously, and I'm not going to pretend I'm not. Well, it's funny that you brought up Led Zeppelin, right? Because didn't they have all those issues with ripping off old guitar riffs and everything? Right, right. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so all... see? And even the people that everybody considers God ripped it off from somebody. I mean, the Beatles just took the African-American music and found it in London and did it themselves, you know? Right. Same with what Elvis was doing. It's just all, it's all circular. Right. The thing is, is there's, there's only a certain amount of notes, man. Right. There's, and depending on where you put those notes and the pauses in between, yes, it is a new song, but every note has been used. That's always been something that I thought about because I've only been in failed bands in the past. It was always just for fun. You know, I just really enjoyed singing and, you know, getting out there and doing everything. But I've always thought that of when are you going to get to the point where everything's been done? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know if it's possible. It might not be because uh, seriously, when I listened to your album, it was a breath of fresh air because we talk about on the show, you know, everything in the scene of music, you know, we're doing metalcore, we're doing screamo, we're doing all that. And then we love that music and that's why we're talking about it. But there does come a point where you're like, eh, there's really nothing new on that album like it's not bad but where's the uniqueness to it and that's when your album came around and it is so different it is a breath of fresh air and maybe you don't take compliments well i'm not exactly sure but that's the way we feel when we listen to at least jackson i and i think if i'm not mistaken when i've looked around to what other press has said about the album itself it seems like people are in love with it it's really funny uh by the way, I can take a compliment when it's from people <laughs> that I respect. So thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's that's um, very nice. I like that. And then when it comes to, I, I just think it's funny that you say, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. And then what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's all been done. Right. And I'm just not right. lying about it. You know, <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of that stuff that it's been done before. Right. But I think if you if you speak loud enough and you believe in what you're saying, and if you're unadulterated mm-hmm. unadulteratedly you right then then people can consider it to be a breath of fresh air and so yeah i think we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish and we have gotten amazing feedback from it in fact i remember like the first week i was kind of bummed out because i really thought people were going to hate it more than they did <laughs> oh you actually wanted people to hate it not wanted to but i expected them to ah okay i i i uh, well, another thing that started this album for me was I read, uh, Purple Cow by Seth Godin. Okay. That's actually where we got the title from remarkable. Mm-hmm. And so our, our whole idea was let's, let's do something that people either love or hate, right? You know, let's not, let's not do anything in between. So I, I really was expecting more people to hate it. <laughs> I didn't want them to, right. but I, I was totally expecting them to. And it was, it was really nice to get all the reception that we have, especially from 
people that I do respect and, uh, you know, enjoy their opinion. And in a fucked up way, it's almost like you were proven wrong, even though what you wanted to happen actually happened kind of thing. Right. (laughs) I just, I expect the worst and hope for the best. And yeah, in terms of reviews, we've, we've got the best and I'm really proud of it. I'm really thankful for everybody that has taken a chance to listen to it. I think one of the best things I heard said about it was you, you need to listen to it more than once. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because then that means that, that people will listen to it more than once, or at least that person did. And he understands, they understand that there's more than just the surface level of what I'm saying or Mm -hmm. what we're doing. Absolutely. And it really seems also just as a generality that you guys as a band have that we don't give a fuck attitude as well. Absolutely. I do not. (laughs) Right. Right. But it's always nice to hear good things, especially when you know you put so much work into it. Oh, it totally is, man. It, It totally is to be you and be appreciated for it. Right. And I think what people are afraid of is that they'll be them and they won't be. But you look at all the people that are getting all the flack and they're the people that are trying to be something that other people want them to be. People want maybe not originality, but integrity, you know, yes. and I'm not talking about artistical or artistic integrity. I'm talking about, you know, what I say is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if what I mean is false, then I'll correct it as soon as I know. Right. It's almost it's not necessarily a switching of gears, but. From what you just said, it's something that we've been talking about on the show with the band Lincoln Park and everything that Chester Bennington has been saying, because that seemed so disingenuous what he said after, you know, when he's apologized for things he said on multiple occasions of fans not liking the new music and everything like that. It's very not being yourself. Yeah, I I, see. You know where he got the most flack was when he apologized. It's exactly what I said on the show. I was like, if he had said he wants to punch me in the mouth and I'm a pussy, then that's completely fine. Like if he just stuck with that, but instead he apologized on multiple occasions for multiple different things that he said. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't really care one way or the other. You know, I used to be a huge Linkin Park fan. Oh, sure. Um, You know, hybrid 30 was an awesome album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to discredit the guy for wanting to do what he's into now. Right. Why would I? I mean, it's his art. Let him do what the fuck he wants, you know? And so to ju- when it, the thing is, is when he apologized, now he's trying to save all those people that he hurt, you know? Right. And that's not what he means. It's disingenuous. It's what he should say is this is exactly what I fucking wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And fuck you if you don't like it. Exactly. We wouldn't have even talked about the album on the show if he hadn't said what he said. Right. Other than that, that's... even then, I don't blame the guy, man. No, he's making money. He's doing his thing. Exactly. If I, I could make that money, I mean, right. I wouldn't be honest to myself if I was doing that type of music. But right, I, I think even if he was doing that, if he's doing that type of music and he wants to, mm-hmm. um, he deserves it. Yeah. I mean, he deserves the money that he makes because the the problem is is that now he's backtracking what he said, which means that. He's dishonest somewhere, you know, and people that come about their money dishonestly lose it dishonestly in some way, shape or form. 
That's a very good way to look at it. Yeah, what you were saying just brought up that because we've been talking about that for weeks and weeks and we'll continue for at least another week and then hopefully never have to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, point. maybe the next album will be exactly what you wanted. What if it's the same thing? Because then if it's the same or if it's exactly like hybrid theory, then is this heart really in it? That's almost just as dishonest, you know? It's exactly what I said on the show, too. Yeah, I oh, said, Sorry, yeah, well, oh, I no, no. That. no, that's good because that means we're on the same wavelength. Like, I don't want him to listen to the fans, you know, the old fans and be like, hey, guys, we need to make something like hybrid theory no matter what, just because that's what they like. I don't want a band to do that. I don't want a band to make music for me. I want a band right. to make music that takes talent that <sighs> I love. Right. That's the way I look at it. So I, I, I've never thought like a band owes me anything. That's never no. been, you know, the way the show has worked or anything like that. We try and talk about bands that we just happen to love their music. And if they don't do it anymore, then that's fine. Just don't tell me you're going to punch me in the mouth. That's all. Right. <laughs> well, and if you do say you're going to punch him in or punch you in the mouth, then uh, back it up. Yeah. And don't apologize. Meet me when you come to Mansfield. That's right. Just, that's fine. Um, exactly like you said, you know, the artist doesn't owe you anything, yeah. even though I would really love for System of a Down to release a new album. <laughs> wait aren't they going to i think so but who knows man i've heard that for three years now right that is very true did you ever get to see system of down live nope not oh that's I have uh, not see now i don't want to rub it in yeah <laughs> i know i here's the, the maybe this is going too off topic but no. this is why i love system what? of a down yeah they're very nostalgic for me um where i grew up deer hunting was a huge event mm -hmm. and uh like people would take work off it was like another holiday Oh, wow. Okay. And my dad, um, for like, I think it's 19 years now. He's, he's been working at a coal mine and he had, and still does work on average about 70 hours a week. Wow. And, uh, I went camping on the mountain with my grandparents for the deer hunt mm -hmm. and he shows up at like midnight, one o'clock and he wakes me or he gets me out of the trailer and goes, Hey, great. Come here. I got something. So we go out into the car and he had two albums. He had POD, the <laughs> we are, we are one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he had a uh, toxicity. Ah, so we listened to the POD album mm -hmm. and that was all right. It was cool. Sure. And then sitting in the passenger seat of his little gold Ford Explorer, <laughs> we sat and listened, listened to toxicity, yep. the whole album. And then it got done and we listened to it again, just ah. silent and in awe and, from that day on, they've always been my favorite band. How did your dad know about System of Down in the first place? Because I was staying up real late watching WWE yeah. <laughs> when I was like eight years old. Hey, look, we can talk about that too. I'm completely <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, rem I, I changed it over to MTV and the mm -hmm. uh, music video for Chop Suey was on. Ah, okay. And so the next day I said, all right, turn on MTV and I just waited, waited, waited. And then finally that music video comes on again and I go, Dad, come here! <laughs> Yeah. No, that's that awesome. awesome. No, that's great to have a father too to remember something like that as well. That that's something totally. that you really enjoyed. You know, we can actually go into WWE if you still watch it, by the way, because I just went to WrestleMania. Side, side I, story. I am totally out of that. If you want to hear a funny story about WWE, I can tell you that. I, I don't know if your fans will listen to it or enjoy it. No, no. If Look, if it's a funny story, I think everyone's going to enjoy it. All right. So it was probably could have been the same night as i found that music video mm -hmm. but uh i used to sit up and watch w I, I would stay up late turn my tv down 
And the only thing I really remember is I would just sit there and watch WWE and fart under the blanket and give myself Dutch ovens. (laughs) 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 I was a weird fucking kid, man. Not even giving other people Dutch ovens. You were giving yourself Dutch ovens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, look, I'm going to go out on a limb, but I think that the fans of the show enjoyed that. Maybe. I'm going to call it now. Maybe a lot of the fans of WWE still do that. That is a possibility. That is a possibility. But hey, man, I don't knock anybody for anything that they enjoy. Oh no, and I certainly would never backtrack on something that I love because I'm talking to someone. So that certainly doesn't happen either. I am who I am. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But for sure. Let me go back to one thing you were talking about with the music video and everything. So you're also a band that puts a lot of work into your music videos. Does that still stem back from when music videos were important to you? Oh, totally. And I think that they are still important. I think that they're, uh, I don't know. I I like the idea of multimedia. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like the idea of having it just like with, uh, you know, the dark tower series or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You're going to read the books, then you're going to want to watch the movie and then you're going to listen to the soundtrack if it's cool. Right. And there's just, there's something too. if you're a fan, you know, then that's there's different types of fans too you know there's people that only watch music videos they sit there and look at youtube constantly all day and maybe this is one way that they get to hear a song of ours you know right so it's just it's important for me one because i enjoy it and Mm -hmm. two because it's it's another form of creativity that i really enjoy is that also one of the reasons why you do some of the cover songs too yeah totally how do you choose those cover songs, by the way? Because you have like three out, right? Right. So with Sippy Cup, my girlfriend was just going, hey, I know you don't really like female vocalists, <laughs> but listen to this girl. And I did. And I was like, holy shit. This is, I, I love Melanie Martinez. Okay. I, I think, I wish actually we would have covered her whole album because it was, I loved it. Damn. All right. Um, then with the Demi Lovato cover, mm-hmm. um, that one, we did go, hey, let's just pick a popular song and then see if we can make it our own. Gotcha. And so we we actually looked at the top 40 list, and it was on it. And so we were kind of listening to him, and I was like, hey, this one's got a cool, you know, this one has cool lyrics. Let's do this one. And then, actually, I don't even know if I picked that one, but that's the reason I decided that I would go along with it. Oh, okay. And then Fantagram, we were going to do another cover, and we were just... I was driving actually from the studio. We decided we were going to do God damn, it's a it's an old nineties song. He's like, Never mind. I can't think of it. Gotcha. And so we were or I was driving away from the studio after we had already decided on a different song. And I just turned on the radio and I heard that song and I was listening to the lyrics. I was like, Holy fuck, this is a good song. Gotcha. And I bet we could throw our twist on it. That's that's the main thing with me is how can we do it in a way that I would enjoy it? Like I take a song that is enjoyable and then we try and make it what we wished it was. Okay. So yeah. (laughs) No, that makes total sense. For those, I am very bad with pop music, so I didn't know any of them, but obviously I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed hearing you sing it, but I do have a recommendation. If you can, I would love at some point for you to do a Carly Rae Jepsen song. Yeah, okay. Cause I, if she can write some cool lyrics, I'll do it. Yeah, well, that I don't know about. Does Call Me Maybe not work? 
Ah, nope. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that one's going in the next round, the next batch. Is there any song out there right now that you would like to do a cover of? Uh, I actually thought it would have been fun to do that, uh, that Humble song by Kendrick Lamar. In fact, my friends just did it, too. Oh, really? So, yeah. I'm going to hurry and give a shout-out, if you don't mind. Yeah, Classic no. Jack. Absolutely. Yeah, Classic Jack. They're from Salt Lake, too. And I might have heard they just did it. Oh, okay. And they probably did it way better than we could have. So. <laughs> so you'll let them have that one, then? Oh, yeah. All right. No, they, they're awesome. Classic Jack from Salt Lake City, as well? Yeah. Okay. All right. No, now I have something to look up, too. Yeah. Uh, they they haven't released it yet, but... Oh, okay. I don't even know if I should say it, but they're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to know then. All right. Very nice. Let me ask you, because we've been on total tangents and I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you said you were working in the studio and you're going back in, but I did want to no, comment. Dude, I got all night, man. Oh, awesome. Well, I did want to comment on your voice because once again, I think unique is the key word here for pretty much everything. And I think you have a really, really cool voice. It's almost like you have a Southern draw to it sometime as well. I am from a very small town. <laughs> gotcha. Is that a small town, though, in Utah, or is it from somewhere else and then you moved to Utah? Yeah, it's in Utah. Okay. I had yeah, never Aurora. been. Say it again? Aurora. Oh, okay. Did you live there your entire life? For the most part, yeah. Have you enjoyed yeah. Utah? I really do love it, man. Mm-hmm. I I love the seasons. I like the... I like everything about it. I yeah. even like the religious aspect of it, <laughs> because that's kind of... The whole music scene out here a lot of them are trying to rebel and it's kind of cool like how um you know just a bunch of kids my age mm-hmm. in bands that are that grew up mormon and they're they're kind of just talking about all the shit that they went through hey, ah, okay. let me i um there was a band that you had on it was one of the first episodes i listened to yeah, yeah. was tiger oh tiger one yeah tiger one yeah tiger one you know, he was sitting there talking about the church or whatever he yeah. called it and his parents in it. And I was like, damn, man, are you sure you're not from Utah? Because uh, there's a lot of those kids out here. Gotcha. Okay, that makes total sense. Yeah, I really enjoyed what he was talking about. The album. I always like an album of rebellion. Yeah, it kind of gets monotonous, man. It, I mean, it almost seems like if you put so much energy into fighting against the thing, mm-hmm. You might as well just be in the thing, right? <laughs> or create a new thing. Right. Do something that's going to get you away from the rebellion and to what you like, so then you can sing about that. Yeah. Part of me is like, hey, this is cool. You know, you you think you're doing something. And another part of me goes, well, why not focus and forget? You know, why not just live your own life? And I'm not saying that's what the, that Tiger Wine band oh, sure. was doing. Not at all. No, no. I'm just I, saying yeah. there's a lot of people around this area that do that. Ah, I see. Well, is there anyone from the scene there that you would recommend for people to take a listen to? Maybe some starting ones that maybe they are doing exactly what you're looking for? I really like Classic Jack, man. Okay. Um, I would shout them out. Um, there's another band. Um, if you kind of like like The Weeknd or like the 1975, um, I would go with The Wicked Notions. All right. Um, if you kind of like something like Our Last Night or maybe even like the the softer Ice Nine Kills songs, mm-hmm. I would go um, Living in Fiction. Oh, yeah. They're actually, those dudes uh, were our producers for the EP and this album. Oh, very nice. Okay. There's a lot, man. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good bands out here. There really is. 
what bands are you listening to right now? Do you listen to other bands? I mean, if you're reading a lot, then maybe you're not, you know, checking out the scene as much. But is there anyone right now up and coming that you're like, oh, I love listening to this album back and forth all the time? Mm -hmm. I would say, oh, let me do this too. The the people who play with us and do drums and keyboard, Mm -hmm. uh, they're in a band called Dethrone the Sovereign. And they're super like progressive metal. Oh, you like that? You're going to love these guys. All right. Um, my my buddy Quinn, he just released his album uh, with his wife. That's called Veda Wave. That's amazing. Oh, uh, wait. I know Veda Wave. All right. We talked about them on the show. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that is, if memory serves me correctly, didn't he used to be in, I want to say, The Used, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I just I had to jog my memory there for a second. Okay. Yeah, I just don't like to be a punisher and like throw names out there. So <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a douche. <laughs> no, no, and I just remember that, and they don't sound like the used at all for people that no. you know need to know that. Definitely not, but it still has all of Quinn's talent. He is. He actually helped us on like two or three songs on this album. So oh, very cool. It's interesting to hear what an artist also tends to listen to as well. Yeah. You know what I'm on a kick on right now? What's up? Prince. (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm on a huge Prince kick. I mean, I can't take anything away from that. Yeah. (laughs) Them and... uh, God, who else have I been listening to lately? I I constantly go back to Faith No More and Foxy Shazam. Really? Always. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty funny. (laughs) I haven't listened to Faith No More in forever. I love Faith No More. They're a great band. I love Mike Patton. He's a huge inspiration to me yeah yeah um you know you were talking about how or like my voice and how it's kind of like minus the southern drawl <laughs> yeah, right. uh the way i started singing was i would just try my best to copy whoever's song was on and so but i had a a big collection of music that i would listen to mm-hmm. so i think that's really what i'm doing to you know to go back to how it's all stolen you know, there's times where I'm using my Gerard Way voice. Or there's right, right. times where I'm using my, uh, God, what's his name? Brandon from Incubus or, ah. you know, Surge or just, there's, I just, I tap into those old voices. And I think that's kind of what originality is, is you just try your hardest to be somebody <laughs> and then you fail. Right. And then that's called originality. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Any formal training whatsoever? I mean, I was in choir in high school and okay. stuff like that. But uh, I was in um, the orchestra band also in, from 6th grade to 10th grade. Okay. Actually, throughout my whole year, or throughout my whole middle school and high school career, I, I played trombone for six of the years, though. Wow. That's pretty interesting. How did you get in the trombone? Um, I wanted to... This, it was really weird because in our school... It was actually considered cool to be in the band. Ah, so, very nice. Um, I wanted to join, but I didn't want to buy an instrument. And so my teacher just handed me a trombone and said that that's what I was playing. <laughs> All right. So decision was made for you. Right. And I'm actually glad it was. I want to buy one again. I haven't played in, ah, oh, fuck, since I was 16. I'm going to tell you, I would not mind hearing a trombone on the next Charlatan album. I wouldn't either. I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. Neither would I, man. I think it'd be great. Let me ask you then about the band in general then, too. 
because you mentioned about having studio musicians with you. And really, the band is you, Austin Heath, and Tyler Craig, right? Right. And they both play guitar and do backing vocals? Yeah. So then when you're in the studio, when you're writing Remarkable, when you're writing Nothing to Gain, how did you fill in the rest of the instruments that you needed? Um, So I would actually say, for the most part, we're kind of composers more than we are. Minus me, the other two are really good musicians. (laughs) (laughs) I just write lyrics and use weird voices to make up for the fact that I'm not a great singer. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, I mean, like the the drums, we program those Mm -hmm. out of necessity, you know. Right. Um, A lot of the other samples, uh, we would either program those or... Jake, who plays keyboard with us, he would write those out uh, on his piano. Oh, okay. A lot of the piano parts, we just went, you know, this could use something in the bridge. Let's call Jake. And so he would come and lay something down. And it always turned out sick. We would just say, hey, have at it. And it would turn out great. So, yeah, a lot of the way we wrote is just, okay, this is what's in our ear. Mm Mm-hmm in our mind's ear <laughs> right, right. and uh, let's just put it out there. You know, it's, it's still our mind, you know, also with the help of Dan who produced this album and mm-hmm. Bucket who produced the song on the album. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's still our minds, you know, even if we weren't doing every single thing on there. Right. Well, what's the camaraderie like, or how does everything work when you're touring then? Touring. Um, it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we, we kind of have a test before we let people play with us oh, or okay. be with us. This is going to be gotta good. You got to get drunk with us one oh, okay. night. <laughs> <laughs> if you can handle your liquor with us and still be cool, mm-hmm. then that usually works. The reason it's just us three yeah. is because we're super like-minded and I mean, Tyler and Heath, they're just my fucking brothers, man. They're, gotcha. they're probably the only people that you might catch me doing something for them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, but what about the girlfriend, though? Oh, her too. Okay. But musically. Yes, gotcha. No, I just had to check on that whole shitty boyfriend thing. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the girlfriend. Right. But uh, even then, when I'm doing that, in the end, it's for me. If I make them happy, then that makes me happy. So. Oh. That makes sense. I got to ask, because that's how it seems. I mean, when you see the music videos, when you see everything, you know, there is that camaraderie between you three. Where did you come up with Tango It Takes Two? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so we have a store that's like the Goodwill out here, but it's ran by the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we were we were going through there and it's just it's secondhand. Everything's secondhand. And we do a lot of skits, and so we were just trying to come up with ideas based off of what we saw that we could buy. And we're sitting there going, oh, maybe let's do an infomercial. Oh, maybe let's do something like this. And then Heath goes, actually, let's not buy anything. Let's just make a a skit about uh, how many people does it take to to put in a light bulb. And then we just kind of started riffing and riffing and riffing. And so we hurry and drove back to the studio and filmed that. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> That's another thing is we all kind of have the same sense of humor. So 
when somebody has an idea, they could just say one word and we go, yeah, that. And then we just riff and riff and riff and riff. Yeah. And just so people know, you know, because they might not actually know what I was talking about. You have to go to their Facebook page. Do you put on Twitter as well? Um, I don't know. I don't really do the Twitter okay. and I should, but I don't. <laughs> I know it's on but, Facebook for sure. So people can look it up there. But yeah, you guys like to do skits and everything. Yeah, it's it's we have a bunch of others, too. You should check out. Yes. See, when we're we just try to be creative in some way. So sometimes it's being funny or what we think is funny. And we do skits. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's just our own thing. And we're just constantly trying to stay busy, busy in some kind of creative way. Yeah, it definitely shows. Do you guys have favorite comedians? Do you guys share that kind of stuff? Do you like stand-up comedy? Do you do, I mean, from the sketch comedy, were you Kids in the Hall fans, SNL fans, like that kind of thing? I've always wanted to do stand-up. Okay. Um, one thing that or, uh, Tyler and I really bond with is we listen to a lot of podcasts Oh yeah. at our day jobs. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and Christina Pazinski. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's the funniest fucking podcast. Um, or uh, Cashing In with TJ Miller. Yeah. That's a super funny podcast. Uh, you know, so we'll get ideas from that. Or we'll get ideas from, like, super serious podcasts as well. You know? Right. Like uh, with um, with how I found out about Seth Godin and his book, uh, the pur- or Purple Cow, yeah, yeah. was from a TED Talk. And I found that out on a podcast because I'll just listen to podcasts for eight, 10 hours a day while I'm at work. Oh, wow, man. That's, yeah. that's a lot of podcasts. And by the way, let me make a recommendation because, you know, since I do, you know, sometimes around three podcasts a week, I don't get to listen to that many, but I do have a uh, recommendation. Do you ever listen to comedy bang bang? I, I tried, man, but the TV show is so much different. Yes. That that's what I went into, like expecting it would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's and not like so that. it, it kind of turned me off. I was like, this is funny, but I really hoped it would be like the TV show. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not as much skit based and everything. Scott Ackerman's playing most of the time the straight man, and then right. everyone else comes in, where in the show, he was also playing a character as well. Right. Okay. And it's, it's super, I mean, the TV show is just so funny that it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of like going from a book to a movie, man. It's, sure. you expected one thing and it, it's not the same. No, it's just kind of a letdown. No, I got you. And what's funny is the podcast was on for so long before the show went on. Yeah, I found that out after the fact. But I saw this first, you know? No, that's very true. No, I completely understand. It's too bad the show's not on anymore either because they had some really, really great episodes. They, they were so funny. Actually, I had to watch it alone most of the time because my girlfriend hates it. What, really? <laughs> so I would have to sneak it. <laughs> now, does she kind of share the other comedy stuff with you? Not really. I, it's It's great because... In a lot of ways, she's the exact opposite of me. Hmm. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't share at all. Okay. Like, I'm a, I I love history. Mm-hmm. And if you are history and politics, but if you got into either of those conversations with her, she'd fall asleep on you. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, I mean, she kind of just, she levels me out. Right. And that we really are different. The only thing I think we 100% agree upon is music. 
Oh, that is a good one to have. I think for me, at least, that's a big one. That one in comedy, if I really love a comedian and a girl that I'm dating is like, oh, I can't believe that person said that. That's yeah. a little tougher for me to get over. Uh-huh. But music wise, I got to be on that same level. Otherwise, what are we going to do? Because I'm going to be going to shows all the time. I'm doing a podcast on it. Like there's got to be right. meeting in the middle somewhere. Yeah, it was funny the other day. Um, my We were hanging out with my sister and we were drinking and after we had left we got home and my girlfriend says ah, i just i got really mad at your sister because she was because my sister's favorite band is incubus and oh. my girlfriend's favorite band is incubus oh well there you go and she was my sister was talking about how goofy the guitar player for incubus looks right and my girlfriend <laughs> got so mad she's like don't you understand he's a fucking genius <laughs> it was funny uh, well what do they think of the new album uh i know my girlfriend loves it okay. um i love it i think that that is one example of how you write a fucking song i that's a great album in my opinion it was tougher for me to get through that one that's all right that's oh no totally no all right i did try that's the one thing at least for the show we do always try to get through the stuff. It's just, for some reason, that just didn't click. And it hasn't, I mean, Incubus hasn't clicked for me for a long time. And it's not because yeah. their music is different than the way it used to be. It's just, I don't know, maybe I just, it doesn't connect anymore. Yeah, I could kind of see that too. You know, like, they've always kind of been this hippie-ish kind of thing mm-hmm. in a sense. Right. Too. And the past year, I've really fucking grown out of, that mentality <laughs> right right. <laughs> and so i i mean i love it i still love them and that here's another thing mm-hmm. i uh i don't hate music i whenever i listen to anything i try and at least at the very least understand why people would enjoy it okay because my whole thing is with every aspect of life is i want to understand all of these things, you know, I don't, I don't need to agree with it. I don't need to think that it's correct or anything, but I, I try my hardest to understand. In fact, on my personal Facebook page, I started doing this thing where we have quote unquote hard conversations. Okay. And I just, I open up the post to anybody. You can say anything you could dick off. You could make (laughs) memes. You could just be hateful if you want, but my, I'm not going to censor anything. Whatever you say, it's it stands, and so you better hope that you said something good. Right, right, right. And uh, if if it gets reported, then you can take a screenshot and send it to me, and I'll post it personally. And it's really it's cool because I, I post topics like yesterday the topic was God, okay, and today the topic was like uh, is anything so sacred that it can't be made fun of. Right. And or guns or anything like that. And just to get all these different points of view uh, from different people, mm-hmm. you know, I may not enjoy it. I may not agree with it, right. but I will read every single thing you say and try to understand it. And then if I have a response, I'll do that. And we can just keep going until I fully understand exactly what you're saying. That's actually really awesome. I wish I could do something like that. It's very it's very difficult to get people to actually go and do something like that. Like, what has the response been? 
very mixed. Okay. Like our first subject was uh, capitalism versus communism. And I was, we were going, or everybody was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think at the end of the, at first, you know, there was only a couple people posting mm-hmm. and then people realized that they had something to say or else that it bugged them enough that they went and said something. Right. And it just opened up the conversation to like, what are the merits and problems with all of these things? Right. And it's been, it's just been really cool. I, um, I also think of it kind of like as a daily writing, uh, practice, you know, sure. because I'll go in and I'll let everybody have at it for hours. And then I'll go in and kind of say my point of view and say, okay, well, this is what I can see based off of, you know, like you open my eyes here. I never thought about this here. I still disagree with you or go back and forth. And then at the end of the day, I can just go, all right, well, this is kind of my whole big spiel on it. And I'll write, I don't know, like 500, 700 words. And then, then, uh, have, or then I'll be done with it. And it's just kind of been cool to, to say, okay, how can I say this in the best, most eloquent way that, that can be understood yet still say what I think? Look, that's how I respond when people give me death threats for movies that I don't like. So (laughs) I completely understand. But I did want to hit on something that I thought, and everything you were saying was interesting, but there's something else that you mentioned, that whole being able to make jokes about everything. That's how I Mm -hmm. feel. Personally, just because I've had so many awful things happen to me in my life, one of the ways I've always dealt with it is by making jokes. And that's the way... and. I don't have to say them to other people, but my mind goes directly to the worst joke I can make or, you know, whatever it happens to be. That's how I normally deal with things, whether I say them or not. But I know a lot of people can't handle that. A lot of people have that view where there are certain topics that you just can't make fun of. Right. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people that do have those, but I'm, I'm on the same page as you. And take this from or this is probably paraphrasing from Harry Potter. But uh, fear of a name is fear of the thing itself, you know? Right. No, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you were able to cite who said that. <laughs> right. No, I, I completely agree. And that's just always how I've been, too, because everybody has shit that they go through, right? right? Yeah. And some people are more touchy than others, and you can't blame them for that either because I've never been them, right? Right. So, you know, respect always goes a long way. Being mm-hmm. polite always goes a long way. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm not going to let the fear of that thing take control of me. Exactly. I know that whatever is happening there isn't affecting me in that way where I would need to. Like, I guess that's the thing. It's, it's so hard to put into words. And I'm glad that's why you mentioned, you know, taking your time to be eloquent with, right. you know, what you're writing back and everything. For me, it's just I could just free flow and I could say whatever I want on this show and you could take it, you know, as face value. But there's also context that is always built into everything. And I guess, do you ever worry when you're doing this that someone is going to stumble onto your page, whatever it happens to be, and read these things out of context? Um, never, never, ever. <laughs> okay, that's because good. To look at it. My my thing is, I am not responsible for your interpretation of what I say. Right. And when I say something, I try to mean it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't mean it, I'll correct myself when, 
when I notice my um, shortcomings. So I, I'm like, I mean, we're all human, you know, we, we fuck up, but right. I'm trying to one, I'm trying to prove that I'm alive to myself. I'm trying to do the best that I can. I'm trying to learn constantly every day. I'm trying to kill some part of me, the part of me that knew something, mm-hmm. but found out that it was wrong. I'm trying to kill that. Right. And I, so when I, when I, when I do these things, you know, take it for what it's worth, but I've had a million conversations and I'll have a million more. And, and, and some point along that timeline, yeah, I may change my mind about what I said, right? but, uh, I'm not going to apologize for that either, either, because at one point I meant exactly what I said. That's a good way to look at it. That really is. No, look, I love Ty. That's why I made these podcasts in the first place was that was my way to conversate to talk to whoever wanted to listen and to talk to the people that I have on the show and learn more. I mean, I have an even deeper connection to your album because I'm having this conversation with you. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's all you have is yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you are you and why not try and make yourself better? Right. I totally agree. And why not change or at least expand your understanding of everything you can, you know, you don't have to agree with anything. It's, it's not something you're required to do. You just, you might as well. Right. What is a, I think it's what is a rush. If you decide not to choose, you still have made a choice. Yeah. And you have almost a similar quote in your album as well. I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's something along the lines of you chose to hear and you didn't choose to listen. Right. Right. And I'm a big fan um, of that. I really like that. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I would say that's because, uh, Neil Pert and I share the same favorite author. Um, I'm a huge, uh, Ayn Rand. Oh, fan. okay. So, I have never yeah. read anything from Ayn Rand. Well, I would say if you are reading anything now, put yep. that down okay. and read whatever, I started with Anthem. Okay. All and right. that was great. And then I read The Fountainhead. And that was awesome. And The Fountainhead was written after, or, I mean, then I read Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, yeah. And that was awesome. And then after that, I read The Fountainhead, which was written first. And Atlas Shrugged is just, it's it's almost like the Bible of, it, her version of the Bible, right? Okay. All right. And there's a lot to take from it. And there's a lot of people that hate that probably just got turned off just for me saying that I like that well, or I like her books. So I've heard so many bad things about Atlas Shrugged and that's never stopped me from doing anything. If someone tells me they don't like something, it never stops me from checking it out or doing anything like that. But right. I just never, I guess even thought I had the opportunity because I was always reading something else. So right. now that I know I actually, there's someone saying, Hey, this is worth checking out. And like we talked about before, I respect your opinion on things. I will check that out. You should. If you liked anything that I've said today, uh, then you should read that book. And I have. So as much as I'd love to make a joke and just be like, ah, nah, I can take this one and leave it. I actually did enjoy uh, talking to you. So yeah, so you said Anthem first? Um, I read Anthem first. Uh, Anthem is a good introduction to her writing. Okay. Uh, I would say if you were, if you 
are only going to read one of the three, read Atlas Shrugged. Okay. Well, and I guess then it, if you do yeah. get to Fountainhead, mm-hmm. just know that the greatest compliment I've ever gotten in my life was from my father. We were talking about music and he's sitting there going, well, you know, you need to get, or you need to give as much as you take in all these situations. And, uh, you know, like you can't just pretend you're a rock star all the time. Okay. You know, you have to, or, you have to actually be one at some point right. before you can do that. And I was, I got in a pretty, I would almost heated discussion with him, Okay. but I had just got him to read those books and he left for like an hour and he came back and he's like, you know what I was thinking, Gray, I understand you're Howard Rourke. And that was the best compliment I ever received. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, look, I have lots of things, but it just seems like that is a great way to end this. So let's call it there for tonight. I have a feeling that we're going to have another conversation in the future for sure, especially at least when the Dark Tower movie comes out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to say about that. So let me once again remind people that the new album, Remarkable, came out in April on Revival Recordings. We didn't even talk about any of the revival stuff but we will get to that at another point i'm sure but yeah once again i love the album jackson my co-host on the music show loved the album and this was a really really fun conversation to get everything i think i'm gonna have to join your page so i can get into all those other conversations as well because that sounds like an awesome thing to do do it man i'm gray member on facebook sounds great well gray for right now what is the best way for people to support you? Um, if you can, just listen to us on Spotify. Or if I mean, if that's the way, or at the very least, listen to us on Spotify. Um, at the very most, spend some money. <laughs> right, right. Well, will there be a tour announcement coming up soon? We're actually just waiting for uh, verifications okay. for all that kind of stuff right now. Awesome. So I wish there was. But yeah, we're just waiting for the word. So now I just read and write and (laughs) go to work in my meantime. Yeah. Knowing that that is on the horizon, though, is very cool for people as well. So for right now, like Gray said, check out the music however you are on Spotify, maybe iTunes and Apple Music and all that kind of stuff as well. Then if you can, they have a lot of great merch and I'll have links in the description of the episode. So it'll make it very, very easy to get all that stuff. And then... When they do make the tour announcement, hopefully people can go out, buy some merch live from you, and see you do your live set because that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a time, hopefully, that you make it to the East Coast and I can see you guys live. Hey, that's what I'm waiting for too, man. If I can throw in one more thing. Absolutely. uh, Read the lyrics. Yes. Seriously, that was one of the most fun times that I've had with an album recently was going through those lyrics. And that's why I enjoyed during the weekly show, even though I took it out of context, obviously. Just reading <laughs> off some of my favorite lyrics of the album was a lot of fun. It was cracking me. me up. Oh, it's great. Like it's it's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. I listened to the album full out and I was like, wait a second. Did he just say that? I went through the lyric book and then I went back and listened more and I was like, Yep, that's exactly what he said. And I fucking love it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I I loved writing it. So that's good to hear too. I do like hearing that. So Gray. Once again, you are welcome back on the show anytime. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for the great music, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. You take care. I hope everybody out there is safe, has fun, and then thinks for themselves. And we got to do this real quick because this is going to be the best sign-off. Uh, Ray, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have... <laughs> Fuck, I fucked it up! <laughs> Fuck! All right, and may was... you have twice the number. There we go. Love it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm such a loser. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, no, look, that was even the best way to end this. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Much appreciated. Thank you. Blood still stains when the sheets are washed. Sex don't sleep when the lights are off. And kids are still depressed when you dress them up. And syrup is still syrup in a sippy cup. He's still dead when you're done with the bottle. Of course it's a course that you keep in the cradle. The kids are still depressed when you dress them up. And syrup is still syrup in a sippy cup. <laughs> It doesn't matter what you everyone i am back see i told you i told you that was great the song we just returned with is the cover of the melanie martinez track sippy cup once again 
another thing that we talked about on the show. They really put their own spin on it, and that's what I love about it. They made it their own. And see, I wasn't kidding with you. That was a great conversation with Gray. I want to thank him again for coming on the show. As I said, he's obviously going to be welcome back, and I hope that he comes back soon. I have a feeling we can talk about literally anything, and we're going to have a good time doing it. So make sure you support Charlatan. As soon as there's any tour announcements or anything like that, we here at Ian Hates Music will make sure to put it out there for all of you as well. This is one of those bands that I can't wait to see live. And once again, Remarkable is a fucking great album. So I hope you pick it up. I hope you support Charlatan and Grey. They truly do deserve it. Like we always say, Revival Recordings is killing it. Their roster is just full of talented artists. And with pickups like Charlatan, you can see why. So make sure to support Charlatan by following the links in the description of this episode. Make sure you visit their Facebook page and check out all their videos and skits. I still can't get Tango It Takes Two out of my head. If this was a visual medium, I would definitely be playing it for you. Also, don't forget, we do a weekly Ian Hates Music show where my co-host Jackson and I talk about all the scene news, album reviews, anything we really want to talk about, debates, discussions, it all comes up there. So if you enjoy these shows, don't forget to go to iTunes, Apple Music, Stitcher, whatever it happens to be, however you're listening, and give us a rating, leave a comment, leave a review. It really does help more than you know. So once again, thank you to Grace Sorensen for coming on the show. And I'll bookend this with another track that we talked about on the show. This time, it's the title track, Remarkable. It seems like the perfect fitting way to end this conversation. So here it is, the title track of Remarkable. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
you're happy and you know it, then you're bad. If you're happy and you know it, then you're bad. If you're happy and you know it, and your pants are slowly growing. If you're happy and you know it, then you're bad.